place. And God, being that your presence is here, God, we receive everything, God, that you have already provided for us. Healing, deliverance, prosperity, God, is in this place. Peace is in this place. Joy and love is in this place. And God, we receive what's already here right now in Jesus' name. Thank you for our teacher, our helper, the one that walks alongside of us, which is the Holy Spirit. Father, we could not do it without him. So we welcome you in this place, Holy Spirit. If we have quenched you, if we have grieved you in any way, forgive us on today. Father, I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And Father, I thank you on today that everybody's hearts are open and receptive to receive your word on today. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn with me to the book of Exodus, chapter 16. We have been talking for such a long time on grave clothes, and this is going to be part of the series, but God is changing it up some to help us to understand where we are. Amen. Exodus, chapter 16. I want to begin at verse 2, and I'm going to end at verse 3. Exodus, chapter 16, beginning at verse 2. Hallelujah. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel mumbered against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots, and and when we did eat bread to the full. For ye have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. I want to talk about today, saved but not satisfied. I tell you, God is a good God. Amen. God know exactly what we need. And I'm going to tell you, sometimes we will, we think that we know what we need, but God know what the body of Christ need and when they need it. We have been talking about grave clothes and the main character dealing with those grave clothes was Lazarus. And some of us in the room can be a Lazarus. Amen. And God has called all of us forth. Um, through us accepting him as our Lord and as our Savior. But how many know that even though we have accepted him, there are still things that we are wearing. There are still things that we have not put off. And those things will stop us from getting what God has already provided. We look at how the the clothes that Lazarus had on, he come forth, but he said, loose him and let him go because he still had on those grave clothes. So we've been talking about the grave clothes, and we've been talking about what you put out is what you produce. And that comes from the inside out. So whatever you hold on the inside is what your body is going to produce really on the outside. So whatever you be thinking about, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, so does he become. So we have to watch what, we be think, what we're thinking about if it does not line up with the word of God. That's why the word tells us to cast it down because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God for the pulling down of those strongholds. So whatever is coming against us that don't represent the kingdom, we have the power that God has given us to cast it down, to literally get rid of it through the word of God. But as I was meditating um, about what God wanted to bring as I was sitting there and how it was about 10 o'clock, I'm just sitting there holding my Bible. I said, God, there's something that you want to say to your people, and I'm just going to wait on you. How many know that when you wait on the Lord, that God will give you what you need? 
And, and he just put this before me. He says, save but not satisfied. And I said, well, God, what are you saying when we're saved but we're not satisfied? All of us have accepted Jesus as our Lord and as our Savior, meaning that we're born again. We invited him to come and live, to rule and reign in our lives, right? So when God was letting me look at the word satisfied, when I was looking it up, I love this definition that um, come before me. We know that satisfied means content, but it means requirements have been met and nothing more need to be done. It means that requirements have been met and nothing more need to be done. I said, okay, God, you're saying save, but not satisfied. He said, what's happening in the body of Christ, every requirement that God required, Jesus met those requirements. Nothing else, I want y'all to catch this, need to be done. I said, okay, God, I'm hearing what you're saying. And I had to just stay right there and, and just sit right there on just the definition of that itself. God said, I want you to look at this. People are saved. They have come out just like the children of Israel. They have come out of bondage. He said, but they have not come to yet to realize that every requirement has been met, meaning there's nothing else that need to be. I want y'all to catch this. We always hollering hallelujah. Sometimes we'll even give them a little thank you, a wiggling of the fingers. Thank you. Just a little wiggle. But when you really know what God has done, nobody have to make you do anything. I'm just going to say it again. Nobody have to make you do anything because when you come into the house of God, when you come into this house to worship him, you're the temple of God. And being that you're the temple of God, when you know what God has done, you're going to come in here with your hands up. That means I'm totally surrendered to him, not to my circumstance. When your hands are beside you, when you're doodling in the house of God, when you got your head down and you're thinking about what you're going to eat or what you're going to do after you get out of service or what you should have done before you came to service, then you know what? Your mind is not where it need to be. You need to come into the house of God with an expectancy saying, God, I know what I need. And I thank you that what I need is right here today. So God said we're saved, but we're not satisfied. And I believe that's the majority of us. We say we're saved, we say we're born again, but we are complainers. We're mumblers. Every little thing, sometimes we complain about it. But we have to think about what God has already done, and that will stop us from complaining. It will bring us back to where we need to be. When we look at the Israelites, y'all know what happened in the beginning. Um, God told Abraham, he said that they were going to be in bondage for 400 and some years. He made a covenant with Abraham, but he said, but I'm going to bring them out. Can you imagine being in a place for 400 and some years, being in bondage for that long? But when they began to cry out to the Lord, how many of us, when we recognized we couldn't do it ourselves anymore, we got to the point that we said, God, I can't do it no more. And we began to really, really, truly cry out to God. God knows know those heartfelt cries, y'all. 
He know when you're crying out from your heart. Some of us just bargain with God just to say, God, if you do this, God, I'll do that. Now, well, God, if you heal me, I'll go to church more. God, if you pay these bills, God, I'll do this more. So we began to bargain with God. But they had a heartfelt cry. And God spoke to Moses. He said, "Um, I heard their cry. He said, due to their reason of oppression, they're in bondage, and I want to bring them out. They're being afflicted. But guess what? God is a spirit. So God had to have a man whom God called to bring them out. But that man had to follow what God would have for him to follow. Now, I'm going somewhere with that. You don't sit up under in and everybody just because they say, Lord, Lord. You don't sit up under in and everybody because they got a title at the beginning of their name or because they can hoop and they can holler or because they do this or because they do that. You have to really know that this person is called of the Lord. And you will find out if they are called of the Lord when times get rough, when it don't look like nobody's showing up for church or when it don't look like the bills are getting paid, when it don't look like things are working the way they need to work. This man or woman of God is always before God's face saying, God, I don't understand what's going on, but God, you're the answer because you said if I call on you, you will answer me and you will show me great and mighty things that I don't know. So God had to get a person that would call upon him. He had to get a person that he knew that he can trust with his people. God just don't give you in and everybody to teach you, to teach you his word. He'd have to know where that person's heart is. So he trusted Moses with these people. And he told Moses, first of all, what was going to go on. But y'all know he prepared Moses for the journey that they was going to go on. Some of y'all are saved, but you're not prepared. I'm going to say it again. You're saved, but you're not prepared. You ain't made yourself ready. Because when you make yourself ready for what God is doing, there is a falling off of things. There is a stripping. There is where you're saying, God, something is holding me. It's stopping me from getting, I'm talking about the grave clothes. It's stopping me from getting in that place that I need to be with you. God, I'm not in a place to carry these people where you want me to carry these people. God, you got to deal with me first. Some people are so prideful when somebody tells them, they got a call on their life they're ready to take off with that call but they're not ready to script themselves of the things that they need to be script of they're not ready to give up anything see Moses had to give up something when it comes to God you got to give up something not only something but everything you got to be willing to say God I'm willing to give up everything for you Whatever's in my life that's stopping me from being who I need to be in you, God, I'm willing to lay it down. I want to ask you today, are you willing to lay it down? Some of us say yes, but deep down on the inside, you're thinking about what you got to lose. You're thinking about what you got to get rid of. See, when your whole heart is crying out to God, you're saying, God, it's all or nothing. And here I am, God. So God sent Moses to deliver the people, but he sent Moses with the word. See, it takes the word of God to deliver you, y'all. Without the word, you cannot be delivered because there is power in the word. The Holy Spirit could not even release power in creation until God spoke the word. So we need the word of God. And this is what the enemy is trying to fool you with, to make you think you don't need the word. 
This is why people are so slack in the word. They go to the word when they need help, but they don't go to the word on a daily basis. That means you got other things to satisfy you because you're hitting those things before you hit the word. Nothing should satisfy you more than what he's already done. So they come out of Egypt. But guess what? This is the problem with us saved folks. I'll just say me. So, you know, sometimes people get offended and they think, oh, you think you all that in a bag of chips. No, I know where I've been. So, see, I can talk about where I've been and it don't put me in a, out of place to make me feel any less because I know what I, where I've been. But what I'm saying is these people, Moses was bringing them out of Egypt. But guess what? Before they come out of Egypt, God still wanted to see if they're going to trust me. Because God gave them the word, y'all. And it looked as if that word wasn't working. Because each time that Moses went before Pharaoh, his heart got harder and harder. And those people, the first time that Moses went, they oppressed them even the more. They made it harder for them. The enemy want to make it hard for you. Because when God give you a word, when God said you're healed, he want to turn up the heat and make you think that you're not healed because you're hurting even the more. He want to turn up the heat that when you turn on the television, they say people die from these things. He want to turn up the heat so you can turn away from what God has already said. So they turned up the heat. And as they turned up the heat, Moses would go back to God and say, God, you said. He was reminding God of what he said. How many of us go back to God and say, God, though I'm in pain, I know what you said. Though I'm going through right now, I know what you said. Come on, the violent, take it by force. I know what you said. And guess what? God told him the same thing he said. He didn't even... Come on, we go and we holler at God like he can't hear. Like he deaf. God, don't you hear me? Don't you see what I'm going through? And God is sitting there shaking his head. Y'all know that emoji. SMH. Shaking my head. As soon as somebody put that there, you see him. Shaking. Well, God is shaking his head right now. Because God is saying, he told Moses the same thing he told Moses before. He's saying, Moses, I know what's going on. I knew what was going to go on before it went on. I know Pharaoh. He said, but you go right back and you tell the people. So Moses had to keep going back with the same word. And that word was, God is going to bring you out. Same word. He was letting them know, God is going to bring you out of this bondage. Do y'all believe today that God has brought you out? Let, let's, just, let's just pause for a minute. Because some of you in situations right now. Do you believe that God has already bought you out? Do you believe that God has already bought you out? Do you believe that God has already bought you out? Do you truly believe that God has already bought you out? Do you really... Let me tell you something. Key, if I gave you a million dollars and I told you it was at this altar, tell me how you react to come get it. Wait a minute now. It's a million dollars to the altar, Kia. It's a million dollars. It's a million dollars, Kia, 
too long. Go back. You didn't believe it. Siobhan, it's a million dollars at this altar. Because you didn't see me lay it down there. You don't believe it's there. But if God said there's a million dollars at this altar, you're going to sit. y'all a question. I want to ask you a question. Why do it take us so long to grab hold to what God has already said? Because we're waiting to see it before we can grab hold to it. See, this is how the Israelites were. God gave them a word. He gave the word over 400 years ago. To his people, he gave the word to Abraham. So Abraham had to prophesy what God was saying. You're going to be in bondage, but God's going to bring you out. Nobody don't want to hear that. Pastor, you don't want to hear that. But God is letting you know this is where you're going to be, but you're coming out. So there's a promise. Even though you're going into bondage, I'm going to bring you out of where you're going. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. You may be in a place right now, but God said, I'm going to bring you out of that place. Because that's a promise. You may be going through on your job, but God said, I already brought you out. That's why you can give him glory. See, you got to give him glory right now. You don't wait till you get there to give him glory. You praise him right now for what you know he's already done. You give him glory now because he's a right now God. Right now, he's done it. Don't ask him when. He's a now God. We get too satisfied with the way the world functions, but we forget that we serve a mighty God. My Bible said he's El Shaddai. He's the almighty God. My Bible says that he's Elohim. Come on, God is the creator. When you know who you serve, when he give you the word, you should be giving him glory. You should be giving him glory because he spoke to you. Come on, you should be honoring him because he spoke a word in your life. You don't have to wait on a prophet to come in town. The Bible is prophesying. Grab your prophecy and run with it. Don't wait on nobody to tell you. Say, God has already told me. But God has sent somebody to give you confirmation to what? There's nothing else that's going to be written that ain't already wrote. God has already written everything that he's going to write. He inspired men and women of God to write it. He's not going to change it up, y'all. So don't get discouraged because of your situation. Those Israelites, they were going through. Come on, can y'all imagine? They had a word from God, but looked like that word wasn't coming to pass. 
God had to let them know, I'm going to deliver you with a mighty hand. I got news for you. Your money can't deliver you. Your husband, your wife, your children, your boss, they cannot deliver you. The only thing they can do is do what God tells them to do. They can't do nothing by themselves. Quit waiting on man to save you. So those Israelites, they come out of Egypt, but they still had a journey. This is what I'm telling you. They went through in Egypt, but now they're coming out of Egypt. But they still had things they had to face in their lives. Don't think just because you saved, you ain't going to go through nothing. Don't think just because you saved, you ain't going to go through nothing. Maybe the person next door is going through. That don't mean you ain't going to go through something. Your something may be different from theirs, but you're going to go through something. But it's how you go through what you're going through. And it's what you do when you're going through it. So they had a journey. But God set this up. God knew that they were not ready for that journey. So God had to get them ready for where he was taking them. God is getting you ready for where he's taking you. But some of y'all don't want to get ready. You want to do things your way and not God's way. And that's why you left in the wilderness. That's why some of them were dying. They died in the wilderness because they didn't want to hear what God had to say. They want a quick fix. Come on, look at your neighbor. Say, I like them quick fixes. Who don't? Come on, who don't like them quick fixes? Give me the quick fix and then I'll talk to God after I get myself together. God said them quick fixes don't make you. Them quick fixes is what you look to all the time instead of looking to the hills from which cometh your help. So they were going in the wilderness, but God had to take them another way. God said, if I take them this way, they ain't ready for war. Uh Uh-oh. Some of y'all trying to go into warfare and you ain't ready for war because you ain't in the word of God. God said you trying to fight a battle and you don't even know God is love. Because you don't treat nobody like God is love. Oh, y'all, this fire up here. Nobody don't want to hear these things. See, what people want to hear is you get in the car, you get in the house, you get in the husband. You know that boyfriend you with? That's your husband. You got to hear the word, the truth. Jesus in his prayer before he went to be with the father, he said, sanctify them in truth. Father, thy word is true. Y'all, God's word is true. So that's what we got to be set apart in. The word, the word, the word. And if you are not in the word, you're going to mess up. Because nothing can keep you like the word. Nothing. It will keep you for a little bit, but after a while, it wears off. But the word is eternal. It's forever. Everything is going to pass away. But the word of God said it will stand forever. Things that we take after four hours, you got to redo it. Y'all didn't know you got to repeat it. You got to repeat it for your body to get right. You got to give your body what the body want. Four hours up, give me more, give me more, give me more. And then after you give it all it want, it's rejecting it because it needs something else. Never satisfied. Save but never satisfied. You know why your body ain't never satisfied? Because you're feeding it the wrong stuff. 
When you feed your body the wrong stuff, it's never satisfied. Come on, give your body a coat three, four times a day. And try to switch to iced tea. Your body is telling you, ah, oh, it ain't going to work. Your body act like it's about to die. It's done lost all hope. You become an angry person. You become a gossiper. You become a liar. You become everything because you done fed your body something that it's been dependent on. So when you take it away from your body, you're not satisfied. This is why we got to come into alignment with the word of God, with what the word has to say. People not taking time out to hear the word. That's why you're not satisfied. Because you don't even know who you are now that you're in Christ. Everything else satisfies you except this word. Because when you get in this word, there should be an overwhelming joy. There should be some peace. There should be some life that you're experiencing through the word. If you ain't had that experience, y'all, I can pick up my Bible and go, mm. Because I know I'm getting ready to get some mm-mm good. I know I'm getting ready to taste and see how good God is. Come on, when you get into that word, the word of life, there's a quickening. Your baby begin to leap. You begin to shout for joy. Sometimes I can't even sit in a seat. I have to just walk and say, wait a minute, God, wait a minute, wait a minute. Because the word gets so good. So these Israelites, God said, I'm going to take you another way. Because if I take you this way, you're not ready for war. You end up going back. So God was protecting his people. God is a protector, y'all. God is such a loving God. And we need to get to know him for who he is. So they were, he was taking them through the wilderness. And guess what? Being that they were in the wilderness, how many of y'all know God ain't going to take you through a place without making provision? Right? We should know God that way. He's not going to take you to a place without providing for the place that he's taking you. So when they got in the wilderness, y'all, y'all know the first thing was when Pharaoh was coming back at them. How many know the enemy will come back at you? And fear came. But what did Moses say? Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Fear not, stand still. So they saw what God did. And I'm going to tell y'all this. When we trust God, See, they were trusting God because of the leader that God had put over them. Moses was the spokesman for God. So there was a Red Sea ahead of them, and there was an army behind them. It looked like the army was going to overtake them, and the Red Sea was something they knew they couldn't go through. Y'all get it? There was a Red Sea. But Moses, he began to talk to God, and God said, Moses... What's in your hand? Quit complaining to me. You got it in your hand. Use what's in your hand, Moses. And when he used what was in his hand, the power of God, guess what? There was a Red Sea miracle. See, God always have a way, y'all. Even in the midst of your situation, there is a Red Sea miracle when you use what God has already put on the inside of you. You have resurrection power. So they went through the Red Sea. And y'all know what happened next. These people were hungry. And when you get hungry, you want to be what? Fed. So that's why in 16, they were mumbling and complaining. Because that's when they were introduced to manna, bread from heaven. God did this for them. But guess what? 
Even in the midst of doing this for them, when they were telling Moses their situation, Moses went to God on their behalf, just like Jesus. He go to the Father. He's interceding for him on our behalf. Because guess what? Jesus already been to earth. He already know what's going on down here. So by him interceding to the Father, he's saying, okay, Father God, already been in that situation. Thank you for the mercy that you're giving to these people. So what did Moses do? Moses began to tell them what God told him. See, your leader have to be in the word of God to tell you what God is saying. It's not them that's speaking. It's God speaking through them. So when your leader say, not the time, you need to know that's God speaking through the leader to say it's not the time. So Moses began to tell them what to do. He said, this is what God is going to do. He said, for six days, go out and gather this bread, this manna. He said, some may need more, some may need less, but don't gather no more than what's needed. Y'all get this? Don't gather no more than what's needed. What do we do, people of God? Just like they did. He said, on the sixth day, I want you to gather more. He said, because on the seventh day, which is a day of rest, the Sabbath, he said, I don't want nobody going out there to get no bread. Do you know what these people did? They went out there to get more. Saved but not satisfied. See, when you're accustomed to what you're accustomed to, you're going to try to keep that custom. If you're accustomed to wearing certain things, if you're accustomed to driving certain things, if you're accustomed to living a certain way, that's what you're going to try to keep up. So they were accustomed to the ways of Egypt. They had all this fish. They had all this stuff to the full. That's what they said. But when God was breaking them down, see, God want to break you down. God want to humble you. That's what he said. He said the journey through the wilderness is to humble them. I want to know their heart. I want to see if they love me. So God took them through this to see if you love God more than you love yourself and more than you love the things that's going on around you. Some things that you love the most, that's what the enemy is going to attack. This is what happened to Job. The enemy come in on Job because Job had a fear of his children messing up so much that he made sure that he sacrificed for those children even though he didn't know what was going on. How many of us, we get into the word because we're scared? Because we're scared of what might happen. So if I don't get into my word, this could happen today. If I don't speak in tongues, this could happen today. If I don't shout hallelujah, this could happen today. That's a fear. Because when you know God, God is going to let you know what to speak, when to speak, how to speak. You don't have to worry about what coulda, shoulda, or woulda. Because God is going to let you know this is going on with your child. Speak this over them today. God is going to forewarn you and let you know the word to send out before time. I'm telling you, God is such an awesome God. I remember one um, night I was coming out of the shower and God had me to call a person's name. And when I call the person's name, all of a sudden the unction of prayer start coming out to me, coming at me, decreeing and declaring over that person's life. See, God will let you know what to decree, what to declare when something is going on in somebody's life. He'll know what to allow you to say what he will want you to say. So that's why we have to be at his feet, just like Mary, to say, God, what are you saying to me today? God, I want to hear your heart today. I want to hear what you have for me today. So those Israelites, they began to mumble and complain. Then in the next chapter, in Exodus, um, Exodus 17, the first thing was bread. 
God supplied the bread. So you're thinking they should be what? Satisfied. But then there was water that they needed. Here they go complaining again. Now, if we know God to be a provider, don't you know God ain't going to let you be thirsty? But what do we do? We began to complain because I don't have no water. Come on, y'all. When the storm was here, we had no lights. Didn't have, probably did have some water because, you know, we went and stocked up on water. But some things that we didn't have, what do we do? Mom and I, oh, when is them lights going to come back on? Oh, I can't take it. I ain't never seen no darkness like this before. I don't know about y'all, but I had my eyes wide open and see nothing but black. And I'm saying, wait a minute, I know my eyes open. What in the world is going on? It wasn't nothing but total black. <laughs> wasn't it not? Did y'all see what I saw? totally black I couldn't wait till the next morning my husband said it was so dark in the house he started getting anxiety he had to pray (laughs) so this is what I'm saying whatever we're accustomed to is what we want right then we don't get satisfied y'all we save but we yes can we just agree we save but we ain't satisfied now some of y'all don't want to agree because you say I'm satisfied you lying to yourself you may be satisfied because you got money in the bank. Yeah, you satisfied. You may be satisfied because your body ain't hurting. Yeah, you satisfied. You may be satisfied because your kid's doing well. Yeah, you satisfied. Or your job is doing well. But somewhere in your life, you ain't satisfied. And you say, some of you ain't satisfied with your mate, with your marriage. But you got all your money in the bank. Oh, I know I'm talking right. We try to fake it to make it. We try to fake them hallelujahs in church. Try to holler louder than anybody else. But how many know a real true hallelujah? Because when you got a holler in your stomach, that hallelujah is coming out of your mouth. And you're going to begin to bless the Lord. This is why we have to get into the word so we can be satisfied with what God has already provided. When you're truly satisfied, you're saying, God, I may not have this, but I'm going to thank you for what I have. Because I know you're still my provider and you know what I need. Even before I need it, you told me don't be like the Gentiles. Don't be like the heathen because I ain't no heathen no more. I'm in the kingdom. And the kingdom supplies everything I need. You told me as long as I seek the kingdom of God, I have a supply. So my supply come from the kingdom. And as long as I'm speaking like the kingdom, living like the kingdom, I have what the kingdom have. Even in the midst of famine, I have everything that I need. Come on, even when they were in Egypt, when these plagues and stuff was going on, it wasn't happening in Goshen. God was protecting his people. He was showing his hand right there to the enemy. He was saying, look over there at my people. They ain't having what you're having over here. So this is what I'm saying to you. We got to be saved and satisfied. And the reason why we can be satisfied, y'all, is because we can say all the requirements have been met. Nothing missing, nothing broken. That's why Jesus said, it is finished. Meaning that everything is already done. He said, I have made a way for each and every individual in this place. And you got to grab hold to the way that God has already made. Come on, when we get used to our way, we don't look at God's way no more. Because we feel like, what's wrong with my way is working. But I'm here to tell you, it will fail. It will fail. The only thing that's going to stand is the word. So they was going through different things. They wasn't satisfied. They had a God 
that was a pillar of fire at night, and what was he? A cloud, a pillar of cloud during the day. So God was with them everywhere they went. Because he said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Every situation that popped up, God was there to provide for that situation. But what did these people do? They still murmured. They still complain. How many of us, when God bring us out of situation, thank you, Lord, hallelujah, glory be to God. God, I knew you were going to do it, did you? Did you really know? Could you give him a hallelujah in the midst of that disaster? Could you give him praise even in the midst of that? Before you even knew what the outcome was going to be, could you just say thank you? So these people, they were saved, they come out of bondage, but they were not satisfied. They were not satisfied with food. They were not satisfied with water. Come on, their clothing was even taken care of, didn't even wear out. Shoes on their feet did not even wear out. But these people still complained. They still wanted more. And guess what? They weren't even satisfied with where God put them. They weren't satisfied with the positions that they had. God placed them in positions. They still weren't satisfied. Come on, in the house of God, you're placed in positions, but you're still not satisfied because you think you need to go higher. You think you need to be higher than anybody else. Come on, that's pride. You want to be exalted. That's the enemy that's using you. You say, but you ain't satisfied with where God has placed you. God say, you're not even doing what you need to do in the position I gave you, and you want another position? So we have to check ourselves. I'm still talking about the grave clothes. God, what is on me? God, what am I carrying that's stopping me from being satisfied with what you have already done in my life? God, what is it? God, it's not about me. It's all about what you want to do in me and through me. And as I was sitting there, God was showing me this. Y'all know about praise and worship, right? As I was sitting there and I said, God, what's going on with your people not being satisfied. And God began to take me, y'all, to the tabernacle and how the tabernacle was built. And I want you to do me a favor. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you need to wake up now. For real. I'm going to tell y'all something. If you want to sleep, you need to sleep at home. And why am I saying this? When we got something we want to do, we wide awake. When it comes to the house of God and the word of God, when the word is being taught, we want to doze off and pop up. That might be something you missed that could help you. And if you got to wake up or get up and shake yourself loose, shake yourself loose. Because the word is what's going to stand, y'all. And when you come into the house of God, you should be ready for this word. Yes, I understand that I'm a teacher and I'm long-winded, but I'm going to continue to do what God tells me to do. And if you don't want none of this long wind, which is the breath of life, you need to stay home and just stay in your bed. I don't play when it comes to the things of God because I know what keep me. And God is giving you the word to keep you because you shouldn't be calling my house when you're getting what you need. You should grab hold to what you're getting so you don't have to make phone calls. Oh, y'all, I'm spiritually angry because I'm seeing too much go on with people that don't need to go on. I'm seeing people go through too much that they don't have to go through. Not that you're not going to go through, but you have the word to carry you through it, to get you through it. See, God is a present help in your time of trouble, but it takes his word. Everything else, we do it wholeheartedly, no matter how we feel. 
But when it comes to the word of God, we doze off, we drift off, and we think we don't need this medicine. This medicine heals. It delivers. It sets the captives free. Come on. I want to labor in this word. And the reason why I labor in this word and don't close this word, because I say, God, your people need the word. I don't want to give them just anything because that's how I feel. I want to give them what you've given me because I know it's going to bring life. I know it's going to help somebody. So God was showing me through the word of God. Y'all know old David, right? And how David, when he got in situations, David was a man after God's heart. He turned from those situations and he began to love on God even the more because he knew it was God that brought him out. And even before God brought him out, he was blessing the Lord. This is why you have all these Psalms here. Because these are songs of deliverance, y'all. So when you begin to read this psalm, in Psalms 27, it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? See, when you're in a situation and fear is feeling like it want to knock you down, that's when you should remember this song. And you should be singing it and saying, Lord, you're my light. You're my salvation. Lord, whom shall I fear? Lord, you're the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? Have you not said it to me, God? Shall you not do it? Have you not spoken it, God? Shall you not make it good? Because I know you're not a liar. And I know you don't change your mind. God, this is your word. And you're going to stand on your word. Because your word ain't coming back void. But it's going to go out and accomplish that which you please. And it's going to prosper in the thing that you have sent it to do. Because your covenant will you not break. Nor alter the things that have come from your mouth, from your lips. So God, I receive your word. But you know what's happened to us in the church, y'all? If nobody falling out. If nobody got noise going on in the church, we think God ain't here. God is here. God is always here, but he don't come. The same way every time. And see, you miss him because you're looking for a certain way. Remember Elijah thought he was in the earthquake. <laughs> he thought he was in several things, but he began to put his mantle over his head and he heard a small, still voice. Are you hearing a small, still voice this morning? Are you hearing God speak to you where you can say, yes, Lord. But I'm going to take you on a journey. That the Lord took me on, de dealing with saved but not satisfied. And I'm going to tell you why the people of God is not satisfied. The tabernacle. God began to take me here because when I got to David in Psalms 34, where David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I had to stop. I said, wait a minute, God. David is saying he will bless you at all times. And his praise shall continually be in his mouth. I said, Father, you don't see too many people blessing you all the time. You don't see your praise continually being in their mouth. Everything else is coming out of their mouth. They're not saying what you're saying. So God, what is this with David? I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually come out of my mouth. He began to show me David. And he began to show me everything that David was going through in his life when he had to act like he was insane, act like he was crazy before that king. But David realized it was God that brought him through that situation. 
So David had to begin to say, I will bless the Lord. He was beginning to tell us. He said, I was in a rough state. He said, but I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. His praise is going to continually come out of my mouth. No matter what situation I'm in, I'm going to give him glory. Even though people think I'm crazy in doing it, I'm going to say, thank you, Lord. The Bible saying everything, give him thanks because this is his will concerning you. That means I'm not thanking him because I'm sick. I'm thanking him because this sickness will not last because you told me that by Jesus Christ, I was already healed. So I'm giving you glory. And Teresa Waddell, you are the healed of the Lord. Every pain in your body, it goes right now in Jesus' name. The enemy will use anything he can to bring disturbance. To stop you from focusing on what God is saying. So God began to take me on this journey. Y'all remember this journey? We've been on it before. In the tabernacle, there was a gate. But first, Moses had to know how to do that tabernacle because God gave Moses the pattern. God don't give everybody everything. He only give it to the ones he can trust. So everybody that tell you that they know God don't really know him because you can tell by their life. When you really know God, you letting go of everything that don't represent God. That's when you really know God. You ain't hanging with the ones that you you were hanging with before. Now, the tabernacle, around the tabernacle, it was a, um, they had all the Israelites around the tabernacle, but it had the white cloth around the tabernacle. When they saw this tabernacle, they were looking at the purity of God, the righteousness of God. They knew that they could not come in here any kind of way. But God made a way, y'all, for them to come in. And the way that they would come in, and see, they had to be taught this first. See, this is why people need to hear the good news from you. They need to hear the good news about Jesus Christ. They need to hear the good news about his kingdom. Good news ain't being told. Let me tell you how good news ain't being told. Because there's too many people. Some people may be talking about it. But when you're really talking about it and living it, people want your kingdom. They want what you have. So when you're talking about the good news of the kingdom, guess what? His praise is continually coming out of your mouth. Because you're talking about his goodness and what he done for you. So Moses had to teach them about God's way of doing things and how they can go into the tabernacle. You couldn't go in there any kind of way. So he told them in Egypt that they had to put blood. They had to, y'all know they had to get a, uh, a sheep. They had to kill the sheep. They had to put blood on the doorpost, right? And the destroyer would pass them by. They took this out of Egypt to the tabernacle because they were taught. This is what he said. He said, you got to bring a lamb. And that lamb had to be without spot or blemish. It had to be a perfect sacrifice. You don't give God any old thing. Now, what am I telling y'all? You don't give God any old praise. You don't give God any old thing like, here, here, God, that's all you get. You don't know my God. Because when it comes to God, you want to give him nothing but the best. And if you ain't giving him nothing but the best, you're saying, God, that right there ain't good enough for you. See, that's how I know where people are with God. They don't just lay any old thing at his feet. See, the lady with the mites, that's all she had. And she knew her father. So she said, I'm giving you everything that I have. Rich people gave more than she gave, but God looked at hers. Because it come from the heart. So when you get to the gate, you bring in that sheep. 
at that gate. And that was the only entrance was on the east side. And when you get to that gate, guess what? That gate was made out of blue. It was made out of purple and scarlet. The blue represented heaven. Because, see, Jesus had to come down. Glory be to God. He had to come down. He had to take on flesh. So it represents heaven. Then you get to the purple. It represents royalty. It represented a king. And then when you get to the scarlet, it represented his blood. So when you come to the gate and you've seen all those colors in that gate, you knew that you couldn't come through that gate without accepting what he done. Y'all got to understand. So they have the sheep there. And they knew this is why you give thanksgiving at the gate. You thanking God because you know what he done for you. You know that you didn't deserve it. You thanking him for his goodness. You thanking him for his mercy. You thanking him for his loving kindness because you said, God, outside of you, God, I can't even enter in here. So I'm going to thank you, God, that it's because of you I can go through this gate. Some of us got to sit right here at the gate. You got to stay right here at this gate until you hear about Jesus. And when you hear about Jesus and you know that you need Jesus and you know the only way in is through the Father. He said, I am the way. Oh, my goodness. He's the door. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. You cannot even go before the Father without bringing Jesus. You cannot even get Jesus until you recognize that you can't do it yourself. So it's Thanksgiving at the gate. Y'all, when I was home and I'm just right at the gate, I'm just giving God thank you. I just went into praise before I even went into court. I said, wait a minute, God, I'm getting ahead of myself. Because when you got that word in you, you don't want to get ahead of yourself because you want to go ahead with the demonstration. I ain't get too far. Anyway, I was right there at the gate, so I entered through the gate. Oh, I got through the gate. Y'all, I made it in. Though I was prostituting, though I was a drug addict, though I was a murderer, I was a liar. Guess what, y'all? I can enter in because I got the lamb. It's because of the lamb, not because of my life. Oh, oh, y'all don't hear me. It's because of the lamb. It's because of the lamb that I was carrying Jennifer, the perfect lamb. The only way to the Father. Because I had him, apostle, I can go into the courts. I will enter his gate with thanksgiving in my heart. You may confess him, but if it ain't coming from the heart, your confession is nothing. So I got in, y'all. So I'm entering his courts with praise because guess what? I accepted that lamb. And being that I'm in these courts, the next thing is this brazen altar. Y'all, this altar is an altar of sacrifice. And I'm bringing the perfect lamb to this altar of sacrifice. So what I'm doing, I'm identifying myself with this lamb and I'm putting my hand on his head and say it's because of this lamb y'all don't get it me out of it apostle it's because of this lamb so when I lay my hands on the lamb all of my sin is transferred to this lamb that means everything that I would do or ever do it is transferred 
It's because of you. It's because of you, God, that I can go before the Father. It's because of what your son done. So when the blood is dripping, when they kill the lamb, guess what I got to do? They take and put the blood on the horns of that altar. Why? Because there is power. The horns represent power. It represents atonement. Blood had to be shed. So I'm identifying that this could have been me. That's why I can praise him. Because the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God on this altar is eternal life. And once I recognize that, y'all don't get it. This is the part you got to recognize. Jesus died for me. He shed his blood for me. The brazen altar represented the cross because the brazen altar was higher than any of those other furniture objects in that tabernacle. The cross was high. It was lifted up. Jesus said, unless I be lifted up, you can't draw all men unto me. He said, I got to be lifted up for all men to be drawn unto me. So everybody was seeing this lamb. And guess what was happening with this lamb? And then the next thing is, guess what? God is saying, now, baby, he said, you are identifying with it should have been you. You identifying with every sin, your past, present, and future sins is going to me. So you don't have to let people condemn you because of what you used to do. Because in me, baby, there is therefore now no condemnation. There's no guilt. So when people try to condemn you, he said, but I want to ask you something, baby. He said, are you ready to give up yourself? He said, that's why you got to now make your body. Before you even move any further, you got to make a decision today whether or not you're going to be a living sacrifice. I done made the sacrifice. He said, but your life got to rep. Y'all don't hear me. Your life got to represent what I do. Oh, my goodness. Your life got to represent what I just done for you. Are you ready to give up you? Are you ready to give up you? He said, if you're going to be my disciple, you got to deny. That's the first thing. He said, are you ready to deny yourself? Are you ready to give up what you want to do? Are you ready to give up this world for me? That's why he said, make your body. A living sacrifice. I already done sacrifice, but because you know what I've done, you're ready to live that life. Now, are you ready to deny yourself? He said, if you're ready, now you can take up the cross and follow me. And God was showing me this, y'all. I said, okay, God. We enter the gate, supposedly with thanksgiving. We come through your courts with some hallelujahs, with some praise. He said, but let me tell you what's happening. The courts is your body. That's the outer. In the tabernacle, you have the outer court. You have the holy of holies, and you have the most holy place. You have the outer court, which is your body. You have the inner court, which is your soul. And then you have 
the most holy place where God is, that's your spirit. Three-part deal. Guess where we're stuck? Right here. You know why we're stuck here hanging around the outer courts? Because we ain't ready to give up nothing. But we say we saved. You ain't ready to lose your life unless you lose your life for Christ's sake. People ain't ready to lose their life. You're still hanging out in the outer courts, but you say you accepted Jesus. And you're hanging out at the outer courts, but you ain't ready to die. You ain't ready to give up the world because you're still living like the world. You're still acting like the world. You're still doing what the world is doing. You're still manipulating. You're still doing everything that you should not be doing. You're hanging out at the outer courts, which is your flesh. Because flesh don't want to die. But when flesh want to die, they had to roast, roast, roast. They had to roast that lamb, the legs, the head, the inward parts had to be roasted. God said, until it's burnt up, Manny, it got to burn because there got to be a purification of the soul. So until... It burns. That's when God smelled the sweet aroma. But it had to be roasted outside the camp. See, y'all want to come in the house of God and ain't been burnt up and try to serve him. Your flesh got to be crucified. And that crucifixion take place when you know what he done, nobody don't have to tell you what to do. Because when you know what he done, nobody don't have to keep beating you. How many times you going to beat a child? You got to look at that child and say, you know what? That's a demon. Beating getting the demon out of you is making it more stronger. <laughs> so I got to take you to the altar. And this flesh got to burn. And the only way it can burn is through the word of God. So guess what? The ones that saying burn, flesh burn. Apostle will say, take it outside and shoot it. <laughs> Some people you can shoot and shoot and shoot. But when you burn them, guess what? They burn. I say, I'm tired of you. Pa, 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 pa. There you go again. Pa, 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 pa. <laughs> Some flesh don't want to die. God said you're hanging around at the outer courts. How I know. People don't know how to thank him. And they don't know how to praise him right. You're still hanging right here. Because when you go to this basin, this labor here, guess what? You're only getting cleansed from what you're letting go of. That means that laver, a laver, that was sitting here, it looked like a mirror. And it was showing you, you. That's the word of God. That's what James is talking about. When you go into the word of God, the word of God is going to help you to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. So whatever the words show you about you, guess what you're going to do? You're going to get correction from that word. So guess what? They had to come to this basin, which gave them a reflection of how dirty they were. 
They couldn't go into God. These are your grave clothes, y'all. These are things that's haunting you. These are things that don't want to let you go. But guess what? The Bible said they had to do this daily. They had to come before this daily. The word is what cleanses you. The word is what keeps you. And if you're not going into the word daily, you are stinking somewhere. So you got to go into the word. That's why the Bible said, be not transformed. No, be not what conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So right here, where you're getting washed in the word, it's going to help you take off some things that's going to stop you from going into the presence of the Lord. Guess what? Some people haven't really got in his presence. I'm going to say this. You're feeding off somebody else. You feed off what God has put on somebody else and you're reaching out to them. But you haven't been in his presence. Because when you get in his presence, there is fullness of joy. When you get in his presence, there's healing. There's deliverance. There's love. There's joy. You don't have no unforgiveness. You can't even, how can you say? Some of y'all say you've been in his presence, but you're just as unforgiving as you ever be. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Ain't no way you've been in his presence and you still holding a grudge. Ain't no way you've been with God and you still doing what you do. No, when you're in God's presence, you can't go in his presence with anything. God is a holy God. Why do you think they had to do all what they've done to get in his presence? That's a shadow. And everything represented Jesus. Y'all, we can't go in his presence any kind of way. Guess what? We're the tabernacle. We're the tent. Our body is where God dwells. That's why we're hanging out here. Because we don't want flesh to burn. Because we think we're losing something if flesh die. We don't want flesh to die. And you mad at other people because they're enjoying Jesus. Because they're living the good life. And you mad because you're still hanging out. You don't want to give up nothing. But you want to talk about me and everybody else. I ain't got time to hang out in the outer courts. I want to be in his presence so I can help you get what you need. And I can't do it hanging out here. That's why I need a daily washing. I don't want to stink. God, I want this word to wash me. I want this word to cleanse me so I can love right, so I can do right. Come on, y'all. The word will have you to treat people right. You may say something out your mouth, but when you come in to get a washing, you got to change what you said because you can't even go no further. Y'all, guess what? I'm still in the outer courts. Apostle, this is still the outer courts. Some of us have made it to the word, but some of us are still here because we ain't doing it on a daily basis. And some of us are still saying, why am I still in the same situation? Why it don't look no better? Because you done fell back here. Made it here. But now you don't fail back here because you still got something you holding on to. We never make it into the inner because let me tell you something. When you get here and you recognize it, I need to be changed because I had a lot of stuff I bought with me 
Wash me, God. I need a daily. I need it three times a day, every chance I get. I need it morning, noon, and night. God, I'm going to stay right here. You know my song, don't you, Thea? Stay right here. You got it? What is it, James? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Somebody's going to catch me in a minute. <laughs> but anyway, it's Tasha. Anyway, you're right here at the bowl, and you start getting washed every day, Jim. Come on, baby. You're getting washed every day. The word is washing you. The word is cleansing you. And it's cleansing you and washing you so much, you don't want to go back there because that's dead. Come on, baby, stand right here beside me. You don't want to go back there. See, it's things trying to pull you back there with the job and with things that's going on, but you don't come too far, baby. Come on, you say, I, I can't be conformed to that no more. That's no longer me no more. See, I'm right here. I'm in his word, and I'm being transformed, and I'm being changed. Matter of fact, God is strengthening me right now. God is giving me the peace I need right now. God just told me, guess what? She's hearing God now because she's been there a while. So now she can go into the holy. Because she's hearing God. God is giving a revelation of him being Jehovah Shalom. God is saying, daughter, I am your peace. See, the Holy Spirit is that lamp. That's in that tabernacle and the shining light on that bread over there. So she's getting more understanding of him being Jehovah Shalom. And as she's getting more understanding, her prayers become more powerful. And she's sending up a sweet aroma unto the Lord that's going into the most holy place. Y'all got to hear what I'm saying. And she's saying, God, I feel your presence like I never felt it before. God, I'm not worried about my children. God, I'm not worried about my job. Because, God, I have entered in. And I'm going to stay right here. I'm going to stay right here. Because, God, you got this. God, you got it. God, you got it. And that's when she began to fall prostrate. And everything God has given her, what she needs. We got to get to the place. We got to get, we ain't arrived yet. We ain't arrived yet. Because when you get to that place, you forever in his presence. And you don't want none of that stain and that filth and all that stuff to be on you. Because you're saying, God, no more. No more, God, no more. I don't want to hang out, Renee. Come on, baby, I don't want to hang out. Come on, come on. I don't want to hang out in them outer courts. No more, God. I don't want to hang out there. I want flesh to burn. I want it to burn everything in me that ain't giving you glory. That ain't giving you honor. Burn. Come on, we want everything. That's not glorifying God to burn up. Burn up. God, whoever I'm around, God, does not represent you. God, I'm separating myself. This is why right here, right here, is where you got to literally say, it's no longer I that live but it's Christ who lives in me I long to be in your presence 
Y'all, a day without God. Who to me? Oh, y'all don't understand. I got to have some Jesus coming out of me. That flesh got to be crucified on a daily basis. So this is what we're going to do, y'all. We want the real saints. The ones that's not just confessing with their mouth. But I want the true believers that say, God, enough is enough. I'm tired of hanging out in the outer courts making people think that I'm one way and I'm another. I'm tired of being this way, God. I want the flesh to burn. I want to live a sanctified life. I want to live a life before you that people know, God, that your glory is revealed in me and through me. Y'all, he's here. He's here. And guess what? Some flesh going to burn today. For the ones that really want flesh to burn, flesh is going to burn. It's going to be a fire like never before. And guess what? That altar had to keep burning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.